In the last weeks, we've heard of Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, and it seems as if we're tossing various insults across the borders. Maybe you get this feeling of being overwhelmed by it all. Like, I don't know what to do. There's just, there's just too much. Where can you help people find hope? Where can you find hope? I'm Richard Fox, and this is Messages of Hope. My guest today is Reed. Being born and raised in the US and now living in Australia, he has a unique perspective on the riots and injustice we've heard about in the US and what it means for us. Listen to Reed share insights and hope into these circumstances. It's been an interesting time for me as an American living in Australia to have half of my heart be focused on what's happening all the way across the world, which has crossed the ocean to be here in Australia. A sense of injustice, a sense of inequality has really wrecked my own sense of reality. And to understand that in my case, in thinking of America, there's an uncivil war seeming to happen before our eyes. In the last weeks, we've heard of Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, and it seems as if we're tossing various insults across the borders, trying to understand what is important in life. And we've got this maelstrom or or, or whirlpool of negativity and anger and selfishness and basically most of the seven deadly sins in this cesspool around our feet. Why did this happen? How did this happen? And why now? A few weeks ago, I had a chance to connect with my sister. She's from Minneapolis. Of course, most people before uh, George Floyd's death couldn't find Minneapolis on a map, even if you're from the United States. But now the world seems to have heard about Minneapolis because of George Floyd's death, but also the ensuing riots. My sister is a, an emergency room nurse in Minneapolis, and Minneapolis has been suffering from COVID deaths, COVID, COVID issues, And she said it's been very difficult for her to actually, uh, in the midst of the riots, change from her COVID uh, outfit, her COVID mask, uh, all of the difficulties from that, and switch to take care of people who have been injured in riots. And in one of the ways that she spoke to me, she said, it just feels unfair. Can 2020 please be over? I think the struggle that I hear listening to my sister is that the unfairness of having to deal with a sickness that was never intended, not man-made, not human-made, the physical sickness, to take off her mask and go take care of a different kind of sickness, almost a, a spiritual sickness that's infected society for many, many decades, many centuries. And what does it mean for her and what does it mean for us to deal with this kind of sickness in the 21st century? Coming up, Reed wrestles with why we keep seeing clashes over injustice and gives us understanding about the dynamics behind it. Have you ever felt as if there's at some point or someone or something in your life, this unseen force that's holding you back from something? Or you felt like someone was making something in your life difficult. 
We see it sometimes in the workplace, maybe in the culture, in the community. People feel like they're passed over. People feel like uh, someone's getting something better than I am because of some kind of unseen rules that, that you don't know about or that I don't know about. And sometimes I think these unseen rules are even more apparent for kids, like, like on the playground, you know? The other day, I was outside with a group of kids. There were about 10 of us. And we were playing Foursquare. And I, you know, growing up in the United States, we'd never played Foursquare before. I'd never seen it. And so this game has this ball, and there's lots of rules that I have no idea if it bounces once or twice. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Anyway, I was thinking I could play this game as a 47-year-old just like a 10-year-old, like all of these kids. And so I entered the fray with this sense of excitement or happiness. The game was robust. All the kids are shouting. There's joy. There's arguments, there's frustrations and disagreements about interpretation of rules, as always for games. But I could see that there was this one young boy in the back. He was the biggest boy, and everyone literally looked up to him, and it was his his position to be kind of the leader of the game. This young man uh, would give his personal interpretation of all the balls put into play. So when it came to be my turn, uh, the self-appointed leader of the game, he, he, uh, who had just been dismissed from the square because of this, this masterful shot by this other, I think it was a young girl, uh, I was just about to occupy the spot to get in the game, and all of a sudden he, he says, no, no, uh, it's not your turn. I get to take that spot even though I lost because of some magic formula that he said out loud before. Who knows? I didn't know what the, you know, the, the rule was. Anyway, I'm still left off to the side, and my 47-year-old self feels this sense of injustice. Like, why don't I get a play? You know, this is 10-year-olds 10, 10 and a 47-year-old. This is, this is dumb. But I feel that sense of little boy injustice. This, this isn't fair. It isn't fair because I didn't know the rules. And then I get frustrated, and I suppose... If I reverted back to my little boy sense, continued going there, I would have stomped off. You know, you get that pouty lip and oh, I don't want to play anymore. Or if if I'm honest with myself, I probably would have tried to steal the ball and just walk away, you know, pick up your bat and, and leave. And, and then no one gets to play the game. When George Floyd was killed, these unwritten rules all of these things that nobody had known really or paid attention to, they seemed to be flashed everywhere. They seemed to be shown uh, across the internet, perhaps Facebook, perhaps social media everywhere. The barriers that separate people who've been oppressed from living an equitable life are exposed to, to many people who had never even thought about it really before. And the ensuing riots were simply a way to stop the game, to pick up the ball and and make sure that nobody else could play too. Now, not everything that occurred afterwards was about justice. Some of it's just plain old human selfishness, like the looting and the destruction of property. But truly, we're talking about injustice and what this means. So as you and I experience what's happening in this world, maybe you get the same sense, this feeling of being overwhelmed by it all. Like, I don't know what to do. There's just, there's just too much. Maybe you want to do something, but it feels like, what is it that can be done? Where can you help people find hope? Where can you find hope? Coming up, Reed shares a story of hope from the recent past and how that can lead us to hope for the future, especially when things feel so slow to change for the better.
This is Messages of Hope. George Floyd and the riots that occurred after his murder remind us that injustice is always bubbling away under the surface. We often don't pay attention to it until a major incident occurs, and then we're shocked and overwhelmed by it. Where can we find hope when nothing seems to change? It's been interesting to to watch my Facebook feed during this time, to watch people from my hometown, my parents included, who have been frustrated by what's happened, the riots, the protests, peaceful or otherwise, and the way that it's so dissimilar to what happened 40 years ago. At the end of the Vietnam War, this little town, not only my parents, but the entire community took in a family from Vietnam. They who were once considered the enemy was now being brought into their small village. They housed them They gave them furniture. They gave them food. I can still remember it. This was an eye-opening moment for me to understand the way humanity can operate, can live together. And for me, that's a reflection of the way God made us, created us to be, to bring in people from different perspectives, different cultures, and to say, you're valuable because we see God in you. But we switch back and forth so easily sometimes on different topics different ideas. So here we are 40 years later. How is it that this happens? Where is the hope of 40 years ago? As a pastor of the Christian faith, I'm constantly reminded that, that God speaks time and time again about people who have been disenfranchised and striving for justice. We hear it. Show us favor, God. Show us favor, for we've had more than enough contempt. We've had more than enough scorn from the arrogant and contempt for the proud. Perhaps some of you who are listening are thinking, that's me. I've had enough contempt. I've had enough scorn. I've had enough contempt from the proud. You might be thinking to yourself at that point, I need someone to help me. Maybe this is the point where we experience the difference between sympathy and empathy. I mean, think about it this way. If, if you have a friend who, who is walking along the sidewalk, trips over, falls, scrapes their knee, hits their head or whatever it is, and you come along them, you see this, and sympathy would say, I feel sorry that this has happened to you. And you feel bad. I feel bad that this happened to you. But empathy is totally different because empathy moves past sympathy to actively move to help. So not only that I feel bad, but I actually care so much about you and what's happened to you that I have to help. So in the same way, it's kind of like this. So God sees when people have fallen all throughout the ages, people have fallen. It's not just they've scratched their knees or scratched their faces, but literally they've scratched their souls. We've been separated from God in this way. God could just stand at a distance and say, I feel bad for you. I feel sympathy for you that you've got yourself into this predicament. But God loved us so much. He cared so much for us that he moved past sympathy and sent his son to empathize, to be with us because he cared so much for us that he couldn't help but help. And so we not, now we have this amazing promise in Jesus that in the midst of any of this difficulty, in any of this, we know that God is with us in the midst, and so we can be with Him there. You've been listening to Messages of Hope. For free PDFs, videos, and podcasts about dealing with injustice and conflict in relationships, 
go to messagesofhope.org.au or for a free booklet call 1-800-353-350. That's 1-800-353-350. I'm Richard Fox. I hope you can join us again next week for another message of hope. Real hope to cope with life's challenges.